Blog Talk Radio. It's the Gridiron Studs Show and the promo that's got the flow. Football knowledge from toe to toe with Amo, Talamino, and the other host. You already know Chad Wilson brings you the show. Dial us up. Give us a call. We're waiting here. Talk some ball. 347-633-9365 is the number to call. So don't sit around. No time to stall. Giving you football from wall to wall. And now we give you our two hosts. Amo and Chad with your breakfast toast. Cut the music. It's Friday, Football Friday here on the Gridiron Stud Show. Chad Wilson, Amo Calamino, we're getting you ready for the full weekend of football action. And that's high school football, college football, NFL football. We're ripping and ready to go, unlike the San Francisco 49ers last night. I love it how people say, oh, the Seahawks got back on track last night, defense back on track. Well, they played a Pop Warner team. Yeah, really. It's a great way to get back on track, isn't it? Oh, man, just play people who don't know how to score points without a defense out there and throw yours out there and just take all the credit possible. Yeah, look, uh, interesting graphic shown yesterday after the game. Didn't really pay much attention to it. I had forgotten this, but the uh, Seahawks were 3-3 three and three at the end of six games last year. They're 2-4 and four this year, so there's hopes that they can make that run. I don't know how much we take from that game last night. The San Francisco 49ers are a train wreck. I just found it. I find it interesting and funny that from Jim Harbaugh, they go to a tonsula, and um, he's like the complete opposite. I don't know why. The administration there, I guess, after dealing with Harbaugh, wanted someone they could keep their thumb on. Never works out, and this is not going to work out either, Emil. You know, most of the time, and I'm not saying it never works in football or basketball or baseball, but usually I get an eyebrow raised when people when I hear the term, he's a player's coach or he's a player's manager. That sometimes concerns me because sometimes it means, yeah, the players like him a lot because he has no rules. Yeah, party time. Party time. Yeah, I'm not saying that, listen, there's been examples, and you and I could probably sit here and do a whole show of that where once in a while it does work. But generally, I find when the players, you know, say, oh, he was a hard ass. Yeah, he might have been a hard ass there, uh, Jim Harbaugh in San Francisco, but he won a lot, didn't he? He did, did a lot of winning. And so I guess they just don't want to win anymore, and they have uh, accomplished their goal. They're doing a really good job at that. The San Francisco 49ers have gone from annual contender to just pathetic. Uh, this bad football right now, I don't know who they could beat. They're moving into, you know, Oakland Raider, Cleveland Browns status. So now more than ever, San Francisco 49ers fans uh, at the stadium have a reason to throw blows and uh, beat up other fans because they should be But wait, back to your original point, though, before you lambaste them, because th- th- that's low-hanging fruit. We could, we, when we have some dead time, <laughs> if we're bored, we could just do 10 minutes on abusing the 49er offense. But you mentioned Seattle. Yes. You know, I'm not, I'm not predicting what happened last year will happen this year, but our Tuesday guest, who hopefully will be back, this Tuesday, coming mm-hmm. Tuesday, Warren Sapp, mm-hmm. did make mm-hmm. a point, and Bill Parcells always hammered that point home. The NFL season doesn't start till Thanksgiving. So, you know, if the, if the Seahawks get back in this and they find themselves at, say, 5-5, five and five, there's nothing to say they can't get in as a wild card and then become a dangerous team. Yeah, um, yeah, sure. 
and it doesn't. This is true. It doesn't begin until Thanksgiving. You just want to hope you ha- aren't uh, so far underwater by Thanksgiving that you, you know you can't dig. Oh no, out. I understand that. Good. I'm not saying you could be two and eight at Thanksgiving and say, well, let's start playing some football. What I'm saying is, yeah, I I, th- I think in the NFL we try. You know, because we, we, most fans of the show like ourselves, we like all levels of football. So we're college and pro fans. But the way you follow the two sports is completely different. You know, in college football, when your team picks up the second loss, you just start thinking about what nice bowl game they can get into, and hopefully it's a decent one that's watchable. Whereas yeah. in pro football, it doesn't really matter if you have a couple losses. Yeah, um, and and we're probably going to see that play out here. If, well, you know, if it did anything, it got them a little more confidence, which sounds crazy to have to say for – a team that's gone to back-to-back Super Bowls, but you know they weren't shooting very well at the at at the moment. And uh, these guys, these guys over there in San Francisco, surely did help them out. So uh, kudos to them for doing that because uh, you know San Francisco. Next just- week they play my team Ooh. down in Dallas, um, and, and I'm hoping you know no injuries this week. And Greg Hardy is doing well with his buddies there like uh, Lawrence and Gregory because I have a feeling Russell Wilson is going to spend a big chunk of that day scrambling. Yeah, um, the protection hasn't been the greatest there, so that, that'll that be interesting. But, you know, they build a little confidence ahead of that game going into it. All right, we're going to talk, you know what we do here on Football Friday. But for those of you tuning in for the first time, and we may have uh, a bunch of those because, you know, I've seen a pickup in our numbers there, Emil. There are more people listening, paying attention to the Gridiron Stud Show, and uh, as well they should. And I, as I always say when I close out, if you enjoy this show, tell a friend. You know, It's an alternative sure. to what else is out there. A lot of weak radio. And uh, we're not weak over here. We're strong. But nevertheless, it's Football Friday, so uh, we're going to talk the top college football matchups coming up this weekend. We'll also give you our picks, and those picks are doing damn well. My accountant friend here, Emil, will give you those absolute numbers when it's time for us to make those picks. But uh, these are no lies, friends. Uh, You can check the tape. We're handing out winners like Halloween candy here. That's what I say. Once once it's done, it's in the archive. We we can't make the stuff up. (laughs) No, absolutely not. We take credit for our good and our bad. That's right, and it's not one of these deals where we tell you to call and we give you both sides of the games. It's, we're, we're not that. We say, call me now on a recorded line. No, forget that. That's not us. So, you know, we're just giving it to you straight. So we're going to give you the top college football picks that we have for the weekend. We'll also preview the NFL games. We'll talk about the ones that need talking about the family and friend games. We'll just kind of skim over, and by skim, I mean skim. And uh, we'll also give you our NFL picks, which are doing well but not nearly as good as our college football picks. But perhaps the NFL season begins for us at Thanksgiving, too, or, you know, we could start. Well, I think the NFL, you know, I've always said this about the NFL. Now, last year I really, I killed the NFL. And this year, you know, I'm struggling to get back to 500. But I will say this. It takes, at least me, I don't know about you, longer uh, for me to really get a feel for NFL teams and what they are. Uh, You you know, I, I spend the first half of a season myself just trying to figure out, okay, what is this team? What is their identity? For college, I think it comes to you quicker, at least for me it does. You can kind of watch a few games, especially those tune-up games early. You get a feel for you know, what a college team has, who the coach is. But the mm-hmm. NFL, man, with the free agency and the changes and just how close the talent is from year to year, you really just got to get a flavor for a team. Yeah, uh, and I find that being the same thing, it takes a, it takes a little bit of a while there. So uh, I think we've had long enough. 
even though I don't really, I'm not really in love with the board that we have out there today in terms of a picking, um, you know, versus the number. I don't know how you feel. I guess we will. No, I, that well, I think it's a hard week in the NFL. Uh, but I will say, I think there's more interesting games this week than last week. Uh, if you remember last week when we were ta- doing the show, I had commented. I said, "Geez, you know, some of these games are just having a hard time getting me, you know, excited about watching them." But this week, you know, obviously, uh, you know, as a Cowboy fan, we go to New York. Always a game I'm interested in against the Giants, the division game. Mm. We've got another mm. big division game involving the other New York team against the Patriots. So that has my my attention uh, this weekend. I mean, mm-hmm. there's a few. If we go down, when we go down the board, I think you'll you'll find too. There's more that you're interested in. Last week, you and I kind of, I felt we were kind of not juiced about the board in college in pro football, just as a fan watching them. Yeah, we're gonna uh, we're we're so we're you know we're gonna go through the NFL games, and uh, we'll give you our picks there, and then later on we're gonna talk a little high school football. And uh, we'll preview some of the uh, big matchups going on in the state of Florida as we're getting down to the end of the high school football season, hard as that is to believe. It seems like we were just doing the kickoff classics. So uh, we're going we're gonna to talk that, and you will be fully, fully ready for your weekend of football action uh, when you're done with the Football Friday show here on GridironStuds.com. Man, you got anything on your mind? Because I do. I want to tell you something that really burns me. It's when, you know, you get athletes – uh, and football players, let me just be specific on that, that will say, I don't care if this guy's bigger than me. Uh, I'm I'm 5'9", he's 6'2", I'm ready to take him on. Or I, I don't care how great they say this team is. Uh, I'm I'm ready to I'm ready to take them on. We're going to give them our best shot. We're going to win all this, all that rah, rah, rah. And, but when it comes to their personal lives, they're full of excuses. It just <laughs> blows me away how that happens. <laughs> You know, do you, uh, yeah. do you but, have somebody specifically, or is this someone that you care not I don't want to hit on anything specific, Emil. I mean, because okay. you can just go sometime today. Uh, there'll be some athlete failing in his personal life, and you know, listen, none of us are perfect. But no, uh, some of the excuses that are given for doing it just blow my mind. Did you save all the excuses for your personal life? The same way well, you want to take on the giant on the field is how you should attack your personal life. And if you fail, just own your failures. And don't hit us with the BS excuses, man. Just don't want to hear it. It's been my Bad experience in, in my life, at least, the 47 years and whatever, uh, especially in any facet of life, sports, business, you know, people respect people who just, you know, admit to their mistakes and own them. You, 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 they go away a lot quicker and a lot easier if you just own them and move on. Yeah. Um, and and I I wish more guys would take – uh, from the game of football more and drag it into their personal lives than they, they currently do. It's like, I could be their fault? Oh, let me ask field. you this. I think that, you know, without getting into a psychology uh, lesson here today, I think the attitude that a lot of them have in their personal life is because adults, when they were younger, enabled them to have that attitude. In other words, they were coddled, a lot of them, from the time they were very young because they played a, a game and they were good at it. So they went through grade school, you know, they were good at it and you know, whether it was a parent, a teacher, or a combination of adults in their life allowed them to make excuses for anything but the sports, which they were good at. Then they went to high school, same thing happened. You know, got, you know, make their grades aren't their fault, they're busy, so we have to help them, you know, so they get, they're eligible. You know what I mean? Saying it, it, it's almost like a vicious cycle um, for some of them. They're, they're allowed to make excuses by adults. Yeah, yeah, for, for whatever reason. You can't make any excuses on the field. You know, uh, it's just not nope. something that's allowed. I can, I can tell you this. Um, 
going back, we had played when I was at the University of Miami. I think it was my first year there. We are playing the San Diego State Aztecs. And uh, I'm on the punt return team. And it's man, man blocking. All right? So just to give you an idea, everyone points. They've got a man. You've got this particular guy. And this is the guy you've got to block. Um, going down the field. You were so a corner, so I'm guessing you were outside on a gunner maybe? No, no, actually, uh, inside here. And that's okay. kind of what leads to this story. So I'm I'm on the inside. Just on the punt return team, you try to have a, a, a lot of athletes. So you're not going to put a big, you know, defensive lineman or offensive lineman or anyone No, you there, want guys you know, that can move, get out in front of the play. And, right, because it's going to be a sprint downfield. Yeah, it's going to sure. be a sprint downfield, all that. So I'm lined up in front of a guy named Jamal Duff. I'm never going to forget it. Six foot seven, 250 pounds, 4'5", 40. I'm 5'11", 178 pounds, 4'4", 40. I mean, I need to block this guy so he doesn't go down there and kill our punt returner. You think oh, I thought you were going to tell me you ran away from him into the tunnel because you were slightly faster. Yeah, well, no. <laughs> <laughs> I was responsible for being somewhat faster than him, a step faster, which I was, but also blocking him. And I'm giving, let me say this to you again, I'm giving away 70 pounds. So I right. mean, no one had any sympathy for Chad Wilson on that, on those punts. And we did make San Diego State punt several times in this game. And yes, he did beat me sometimes. And the punt returner that you might remember, because he played for your Dallas Cowboys, uh, Kevin Williams, had to fair catch a couple very well. Times. And when he he yes, was a great punt returner, the punt, by the way. Yes, very good, yeah. very very good. Uh, when he caught the punt, had to catch it because Jamal Duff was in his face and looked at me one time like Chad, you gonna block him? And I was like, <laughs> K Dub, do you not see the size of him? <laughs> and yeah, that's going like, on right hey, now. how about we do this? Him. Let's flip. I'll catch that punt and you go block him. Right, right. You know what I mean? So he didn't want my excuses. Coaching staff didn't want my excuses. So I, you know, had to operate under those rules. Well, listen, man, take those same rules to your personal life. Yep. I mean, if I want to, if I got to take on a six foot seven, two hundred fifty pound guy that runs a four five, man, operate your life that way. You might lose, but well, damn, man, don't make any excuses like. You know me you long know, enough. You know how what I've tough. always felt when. When you make yourself a victim, which is what an excuse usually is, you know, you've you've turned yourself into the victim, right? You you cede control of a lot of whatever you're trying to control, whether it's your life or the game or whatever. Once you become a victim, and you you know you you basically start making excuses as to why something can't get done or why something did happen, you know, you've ceded all control, any control you 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 had. Because what you're basically yeah. saying is, it's out of my control. Well, you're just getting just ready for the next excuse once you start making them. You know, right. you're just you're just on your way to making that next excuse. You know what? Just for kicks, man, I went and looked up Jamal Duff just to see how he's doing. Um, I had it wrong. Okay, currently, I guess this is his current weight: six foot eight, two hundred eighty-four pounds. Amo. Woo! <laughs> Wonder what hey, he's doing man with himself. Jamal. Let's see. He's Duff. about forty-two years old now. So, so at he's, that size, I, I, I have a feeling he should be in some kind of security work at that size. Well, he's an actor, according to uh, Wikipedia. Hmm. If you're inclined to believe Wikipedia, yeah, an actor, six foot eight, two hundred eighty-four pounds. I don't know what roles are out there for him. I, you know, if you're six foot eight and two hundred eighty-four pound uh, actor, and you haven't appeared in a movie trying to beat up The Rock yet, then I don't really know what kind of work you're getting. So, uh, but yep, I remember this guy. Remember him well. 
according to this, he ended so up playing. So in the, in the first National 15 Football. minutes, we've covered Jamal Duff, and we're telling you don't make any excuses. So I have a feeling what we need to do next is you got to pay some bills for the show, and then we've got to talk about some football that's happening this week. We do, I, and I can assure you there's no other radio show right now in the country talking about Jamal Duff. I can guarantee you that. Jamal we Duff's mother isn't talking about Jamal Duff, chances are, right now. Probably, probably not. So there you have it, okay? But, you know, for the athletes that are out there listening, if any of you young ones are out there listening, um, you accept no excuses on the gridiron. Please accept none in your personal lives. If you just live by that, things will work out a whole lot better. And you know what? Let me just reveal this to you because you did ask. Um, and the reason I'm thinking about this is because we had a young man that was on our 7-on-7 seven seven team. Not going to reveal his name, but uh, got himself into some trouble a couple years ago while with us on a trip. Uh, just went on a whole crime spree, to be quite honest with you, under our noses until – um, it was revealed by the authorities what was going on. It was an embarrassing moment for us. He did. Sure. Um, then he did. Then one week. Now he he got, he didn't get into any serious trouble. You know he was able petty to avert. Petty crime is what you're talking about. Not. I wouldn't say so petty, but no. for whatever reason was able to avert any serious trouble. Only to go a week later and get himself into kind of an even bigger jam and avert trouble there as well. And, um, you know, so talented, full of talent, eventually gets himself to a college. And then I learned yesterday, it's been booted off the team after getting arrested. And what did I say before I knew the whole story? Yeah, they get away with it. excuses allowed because he got away away with it it to begin with it? The the best thing that could have happened to that kid initially is if he got jammed up, you know, not permanently, but enough that it really caused some, you know, discombobulation in his life that maybe it would have made an impact but it didn't the only the only message he got from the first time was i can get away with it right so you keep going until you don't and it came up snake eyes for him so now he's out of there and you're just disappointed especially when you know the kid personally and then there's a tremendous amount of talent there and there's an opportunity for him to leave his situation and make life better and he just fails to do so uh because he's got excuses in his personal life. So therein lies the reason for that little mini rant that I've got there. And you're right, Amo, we need to pay some bills, and we need to actually talk some football that's going to happen on the gridiron. So we're going to do that, and we'll be back to talk college football here on the Gridiron Stud Show right after this. Hey, 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 do you love fantasy sports? Do you love money? Do you love excitement? Well, get ready, because you may have found your heaven. FanDuel has combined all of these great things into one amazing website. Turn your love for sports into money and excitement with one week and even one day fantasy leagues with a chance for enormous payoffs. FanDuel pays out over $10 million in winnings weekly to its members. That's right, $10 million. One member has made over 600000 playing in their league. Another customer entered a one-day contest for $25 and, get this, cashed out $25,000 that day. FanDuel even offers a 100% money-back guarantee. Sign up now and join a league. If you don't absolutely love it, they'll give you your money back. You can enter leagues for as little as $1. For a limited time, FanDuel is offering a 100% deposit match bonus to Gridiron Stud Show listeners. 
That's right, they'll match your initial deposit all the way up to $200. What more can you ask for? Just head over to FanDuel.com right now and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS when you sign up. But you better hurry. The match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to FanDuel.com and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS. Do it now! to the San Francisco 49ers offensive coaching staff. That's the soundtrack from Tecmo Bowl, which is where I believe a lot of their plays last night uh, came from. Um, Tecmo Bowl, a very, very popular football game back in the day, I would say in the uh, late 80s, early 90s, that involved, uh, what was it, four players on the field for each side? That's basically what San Francisco 49ers, yeah, yeah, you know. uh, So it's just bad, Emil. Just really, really bad, and I just feel like taking a bat to the whole thing. There, it just blows my mind that you know I have a feeling NFL he's going to end up Kaepernick. That is for some reason. Don't ask me why. It's based on nothing I've read. Just a gut. He won't be their quarterback next year, but he'll end up as the Eagles' quarterback. <laughs> oh man! I mean, come on. You, you know, can picture Chip. I could fix him. Chip, I could fix him. You might be right, all right? And that's if Chip is still in the NFL because I'm I'm hearing I'm hearing that he might have some interest in the USC job. He might be mm. the USC. You know, the more I thought about that, it just listen, I don't think it would be the worst hire. Like, I understand your points. I, I do think it would be a risky hire because if he's not successful, as you said, you're changing be your identity. Right, and when you want to go back to well, not successful in that. I mean, I don't think he's going to go to USC, okay, and be seven and five. I think he'd go That's there bad, and have though. some. I mean, you got to understand this, Emil. Seven and five is bad at USC. When no, I no, say no. Bad, I, said, I don't think he'd go to USC. No, I don't think he'd go to USC and be seven and five. I'm, I'm saying I think he'd go there and win. The question is not, you know, it's to what extent. I mean, nine and three at USC is not going to make them happy. So if he does that for two or three years, they're going to be looking for a new coach again. And to your point, their whole roster then would need to be revamped because you're going to start bringing in players to fit what what he likes to do and changing really what the USC identity is. So, but I don't think it would be the again going back. I don't think it'd be the worst hire. But let me say, I don't think he's leaving. I thought about this more and more. He's at two ten and six seasons in the NFL um, mm-hmm. you know they gave him control this year he's putting his guys supposedly in place even if the Eagles were to finish seven and nine I don't think they're firing him and I, I just think he's too prideful of a guy to leave yet so I, I just don't see it no man who's more prideful than Spurrier or Saban listen man when those guys see an opportunity and this is why they are good when they see an opportunity, pride be damned, they go and they seize it. And I just think if uh, if Chip Kelly thinks that that USC job is enough of an opportunity, bye-bye Philadelphia, bye-bye NFL. Uh, that's just history has taught me that. And 
Um, so that's the way. That I'm sure he's evaluating that situation over there right now as we speak. You know, I brought this up last night, and we'll get into the actual matchups in a moment. Do you ever remember, a, name me a, UC, a dominant UCLA lineman. Top offensive? Defensive. Okay, because yeah. offensive, I go, history. I go right to Jonathan Ogden. But, uh, easy. That, that defensive? Easy. Yes. Uh, no, no. I mean, the, the closest I've seen, actually, is this kid they have coming this year, Clark. Forget that coming. In their history, Amo. Let's go back into the 80s. Tom Donahue. Terry Donahue. No, I can't Let's remember. If you're and... saying off the top of my head, okay, I could name UCLA safety like Kenny Easley. I could name a linebacker like Ken Norton Jr., I cannot just off the top yeah, you of my can go head. Through for, almost, you can go through all the positions, Emil. Aikman, uh, Maurice Jones-Drew. Yeah. Uh, sure, I can go, go find line a guy at every Ken position Norton that was a great Jr. player at, at, at UCLA. I can't think Not of a lineman. the defensive line for whatever no. in the hell is the reason. And last night I was calling for them to make it a priority, even if it means you don't get stuff that you needed at the other positions just once in your history. Go out and get four defensive linemen that can play. Just go get them. Buy them if you have to. Your school's in Westwood. Rip a pig. No, out I of think you're spoiled. Book. I think you're spoiled from living down there. You got to understand something. You know, maybe, and I know you guys grow them down in Florida like they're going out of style. But go get them. Offer that's the your money, hardest man. Position. Pay them. Huh? <laughs> Pay that's him, the man. hardest Pay position. Him, damn it. That's, that's what I'm years. calling for. It. No, not if you. Well, stroll down here. You came down here and got defensive backs. You came down here to Florida, and UCLA has a couple of guys on their roster from the state of Florida. You came down here and got some defensive. Yeah. Backs. Well, you know what? While you're down here, man, throw a couple defensive linemen in your cart. It will just change the whole course of your damn program. It'll change the course of your program just sure. for once in your life. At least get two. I mean, I'm I mean, asking they, for four. They, so. they, could, they, could, they could take them, and after they show them all the beauty of California, Westwood, take them to the football building, show them that national championship trophy from 1954, and I guess yeah. they'll be hooked. Uh, there's plenty of reasons to go to UCLA, and I realize I'm talking to a USC fan here. Plenty of reasons to go to UCLA, but for crying out loud, how come we, way, way the hell over here on the other side of the country, can figure that out? Now, granted, I'm talking about Listen, you've got to have defensive linemen. I've said this all season to you. Every time it comes up, I tell you that my team's Achilles heel this year, unlike most years, USC's got a good defensive line. This year it doesn't. And you don't have a defensive line. I mean, it's it's just hard to win in football. It is. I don't care how many corners and everything else you have. You know, the, the quarterback tends to make more mistakes when he's getting hit. Yeah, uh, no doubt about it, but I don't know why they just can't seem to achieve Yeah, you know, I saw your t- – I think you put that on Twitter or something last night. I saw that. I did. It was, it was, an, ast- it was an astute observation by you because when I, I sat on my couch saying, you know, damn, this Clark kid might be the first one I can think of, and he's playing right can't now. Name can't name one. And, no? yeah, you're talking about a closet UCLA fan uh, when I was in high school. Just don't ever remember them having a defensive lineman. Well, that come on, even though you you like them in high school, if, if as an adult, I think you can look safely back and say that's always been as far as across generations. Now, I'm not saying that at any one time it wasn't the case, but generally speaking, that's always been the knock on UCLA. They're soft. 
right? Yeah, and always. always. And I used to get mad. Yeah, I used to get mad at people. My dad always used to come at me with that. My dad was a Raiders fan, so you know, you know the whole mentality there. And here I am liking these powder blue dudes from UCLA. Well, and he'd always tell me they were the, soft. Forget the optics. I'm saying, generally speaking, you know. Over the years, well, yeah. Look, let me add on to that. Almost were... on cue, almost on cue, when my dad would say that, he would say it, of course, when the UCLA game was on TV. And almost on cue, they had a running back at the time named Gaston Green. I remember. Supremely, yes, yeah, supremely talented. But every time my dad would say they were soft, that guy would have a carry, get hit, and have to. They'd have to come out and get him off the field. Almost on cue, like my dad well, would piss me off with that. You know what so, struck me last year? Do you remember when they they had a good season going last year? They were nine and two. They were in position to get to the Pac-12 title game. I think they were. Yeah, and they played Stanford the week after they beat USC. Yeah, and Stanford was not good last year. Stanford was six and five going into the game or something like that. And they just beat the hell out of UCLA. It was like 31-10. Yeah, just totally out-physicaled them. Yeah, totally out-physicaled them. Took their lunch, punched them in the face, dated their girl, did all that, man. It was just, come on now. But anyway, we we be nice. Let's talk about what they did well yesterday. Let's not turn this into... They did. They won the game, went up and down the field on Cal, and the, the, the star on Cal that they had at the beginning of the year is starting to dim a little bit as they are starting to look rather soft on the defensive side. What's of the ball, happening so. though and, and you know it just seems like with all the changes in the college game we just are not producing NFL quarterbacks at the rate that they were years ago. I mean right now I think between the spread offenses and everything else you just aren't seeing the NFL caliber quarterbacks come out of college and everybody that they're high on it. I mean this kid from Cal threw five picks a couple weeks ago in a game. He didn't look like an NFL quarterback to me. The kid from Penn State was highly regarded. I've seen him uh, play. That was a that was that that's something they tried to shove down our throat from day one, and it ended up. I mean, I just don't see it. Even the guys coming in with the pub at the start of the year, like Kessler from USC, he can't play in the NFL. He can't make the throws. It is funny. I just can't think of that. And we brought that up a couple of weeks ago on the show, how, listen, guys are throwing for more yardage than ever before in college football. But there's still not anyone right now currently that I'm looking at and say, that guy is going to be the deal when he gets But do you know why, though? I mean, you know why. Watch well, they're not running any type of – they're not running anything NFL-type-ish worthy. For the most part, that's not what they're doing. Um, and it's taking advantage of the limitations that you have in college football that don't exist right. in the NFL. And right, 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 exactly. Around. Look at Baylor so, games. You turn a Baylor game on, right? Their quarterback's throwing for 500, 600 yards, okay? Look at where the receivers are, though, in these games. They're running wide open on most of the plays. The design, they get a receiver free. I mean, he's he's in a box in a window where there's eight yards between him and anybody else. Exactly. So, um, and a lot of these guys are lining up by them. Yeah, I mean, they're in empty sets, five wide receivers out. You're not doing a ton of that in the NFL, man, because your quarterback's going to get hurt. Okay, that's just really what it's going to boil down to. You know, the Patriots are probably the best at it, um, but few line up in that every down like you see Baylor and TCU and some of these other teams do. So we can lament that. We'll have to watch right, the game got... together because you'll see me clinching my fist when, they, when when my teams go to empty <laughs> sets. I get nervous. Like my wife watches me because I start thinking about my quarterback getting hurt. I do. You should watch me yeah, watch man. a game. I get so nervous. So there's a time and a place for that stuff, but every down, not it. You know what I mean? So no. there you go. There you have it. Uh, you know what? Well, let's go through this list. And right off the bat, since it is a noon start time, 
Uh, we could talk about the big local one down here that looks like I'm going to be attending in person. It's Clemson nice. coming to town to take on the University of Miami. Some are saying this is uh, Al Golden's last chance to get a signature win. I like how people are saying that this is it for Al when they have absolutely positively no clue as to whether that's going to be the case or not. You will lose a lot of Some money. Some of them are praying this is it for Al. Perhaps they are, but you'll lose a lot of money predicting what the University of Miami Administration and Board of Trustees will do, okay? Because no one can get a particular read on that. So yeah. my uh, message to Canes fans out there is let's take this thing week to week. Um, hopefully we don't, when there is an ESPN crew there and the entire country looking at things, um, that we don't fly a banner overhead, although I think that's a foregone conclusion and that's going to happen. But nevertheless, uh, what do you think is going to happen there, Emil? Because you're a guy brave enough to Clemson's make predictions. Clemson's a seven-point favorite in this game, so you know what I think is going to happen? I think you're going to have to wait ten minutes because this is one of my three picks. Hey, how about that? How about how about my co-host Larry Hoover coming through with a big handicapping pick on the Clemson Miami Florida game? Um, I think you're just appealing to our fan base here. No, I that's what no, it is. I, I, yeah. I, I, I like a, a little spot for one of these teams here. Your Time Magazine, man. Clickbait. Oh man! I hope you win this oh, pick, I mean, whatever the heck it is, and uh, yeah, and it's a Miami, it's a pick on Miami. I'm insulted. Is that correct? Yeah, I'm insulted. <laughs> I'm not telling you who it's on. It might not be on Miami this, this time. My prediction on your prediction is that you're taking Miami. All right. So how about that? Um, the next one on the list, Utah versus USC. Big, uh, shall I say, big matchup uh, in, in the Pac-12. You know what my thoughts are on this, Emil? What? You're going you're gonna to have to wait till my pick segment because i got a pick on this game, Utah versus USC. So I almost there you made go. this a pick. I'm going to refrain because mm-hmm. I'm like the jinx, the kiss of death. Something doesn't smell right when the number four team is playing a three and three team and, and getting three and a half points. That, that in and of itself gives me suspicion with the line. The other thing is I like what I saw from my Trojans last week. Yes, they lost to Notre Dame, and I'm never happy about that. But mm-hmm. they came out after one of the worst 10-day periods in, the, in a long time there, and they had a, a lead on the road in the fourth quarter before you know they just, they just basically couldn't finish the deal. So I, if I was playing this game and I want to see what you're doing, I would be on my Trojans. I just don't want to jinx them, so I'm refraining. Tell me some more about the Trojans as I just try to buy time here because I'm sending out a tweet about what we're doing here on the show. I'm just full disclosure here right now. So, yeah, talk okay. to me more about USC Trojans football. Talk to you about USC. Well, no, I mean, I think Utah's a little bit on borrowed time here. They've had some, some close games. I mean, they got the five picks against Cal, and I think they won the game. I don't have it in front of me right now. I could pull it up 30-24. to 24. I just They're in a position that they're not used to being in. And, again, I have – suspicion about the line now you may feel completely different feel that you're getting value with the number four team i don't know where you're going with that pick but that's what i'm looking at i'm just not well, really i'm not know, picking look, it. i'm glad i'm glad that i have you stumped so, all right good um mission completed sent the tweet out yeah um there you go tennessee taking on alabama Emil, i like tennessee in this game alabama just uh came off of a couple of you know pretty good games there for them and uh, they've got LSU in a huge game next week, and this is a sandwich game, and they're laying over two touchdowns against Tennessee. I mean, am I crazy here? But I think this is a game Tennessee can slide in under the number. Probably. I mean, your concern, your concern anytime you play Alabama is with a team like Tennessee, if they start kicking the ball around and getting sloppy and help them, they'll get they'll get you know beat up pretty good in this game. But 
to your point, uh, they got a win in their last game. They've had two weeks off to prepare for Alabama. Alabama had that big win at A&M last week. They have LSU on deck in a couple weeks. So it could, it could be a game where they don't get their full focus. So if you force me, I would take Tennessee, but I probably would skip this one. I just It's a, it's a hard game for me to get a read. I think the number's pretty solid, 15. Nah, uh, I mean, I'm probably, always stuck on, you know, Saban just would take a win. Um, you know, sure. be happy with that and then tell the reporters after the game, you better be happy with it. Um, kind of threaten them, look at them crazy. Um, so I think, you know, if he wins this game 27-17, he's just fine, just as happy as if it was 41-10. to 10. So um, sure. th- I think they might run into a little trouble here because LSU is ahead of them, and that's really, really, a really, really huge game. Hey, man, Texas, okay, is a favorite in a football game. When are people going to learn about Snyder and Kansas State? Man, this, well, this but Kansas line State, I think, has an injury. With, I think their quarterback's out. I don't care. Yeah, Jesse Ertz is out. But my man Bill Snyder, okay, is going to handle this and come up with something. You know, when you lose your guy that when you when you lose your guy like that, all right, your quarterback, that first week is, you know, really in your favor. The other team has no clue what you're going to do and well, Texas favored by a touchdown? They're not at that point Here's yet. Here's the I'm reason I I, I I refrain from making this a pick, but I was thinking real hard about taking Kansas State. When a team like Kansas State, a prideful program with a really good coach, gets beat 55 nothing by Oklahoma last week, you best believe that practice this week was hell and that mm-hmm. that'll be a focused team regardless of who's playing quarterback. Um, again, though, they're, they're calling for heavy rainfall during the game. I just don't like playing games like that because there's too many variables. But I would probably lean to Kansas State if you forced me. Yeah, that'd be my lean as well. Another big one in the SEC, it's Texas A&M coming off of the loss to Alabama, taking on Mississippi. And, Amo, I think Mississippi's done. Uh, the Florida loss hit them hard, and then they turn around and lose to Memphis. I think a lot of the goals that they put on the board before the season um, are kind of slipping away from them here. Granted, Mississippi still controls their destiny in the West, but that second loss, and with it being against Memphis – I know this Mississippi team had their eye on being in that college football playoff, and that's really all but gone now. I think they come into this thing a little mentally down, even with that carrot still dangling in front of them. Texas A&M just took the loss last week, a horrendous offensive performance. I think they come in as the more motivated and mentally together team. I like them as an underdog in this game. Mm, That's interesting. Well, in 10 minutes, I'll tell you who I like in this game. Well, Well, there you go, man. You're... Just riding high, man. You know, you're. you're I don't guy. shy away from uh, these. You, you know, every game that you've determined is a big game in your mind. I'm the big game hunter. I'm on it. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, I guess the shoe fits this week. So go ahead and trumpet that up. Boston College and Louisville. I don't know. Should we care? Louisville is a seven and a half point favorite. There's no way in hell, in my opinion, that that's the way that that should go. So uh, I'm kind of riding with Boston College because they're going to play some. Yeah, I would be uh, seven and a half points here. And you know what's odd more than anything it strikes me for people who follow this stuff, the way college football has gone, what a low over-under. You know, 37 used to be a number you'd see in the NFL years ago. You hardly ever see 37 as an over-under in college football. Yeah, so that just gives you an idea of that, you know, they're expecting this to be a Boston College kind of game, you know. Boston College doesn't and do much. And that's my thing is it's if it's if it's that low of a, of an over under, how the hell can you justify laying seven and a half points unless you think Louisville's pitching a shutout? And they don't do stuff like that. Did you see them trying to tackle Dalvin Cook? 
last week? It yeah, was that an didn't abomination. Work. So, yeah, yeah, and it wasn't. I'd be with you on that. Yeah, very many half-hearted attempts. Auburn and Arkansas, uh, two teams kind of out of that race in the West, but still an interesting game nonetheless. Arkansas, uh, a sub-500 football team, certainly didn't expect to be that. Auburn started off their season bad, trying to build a little momentum here with back-to-back wins. What do you think happens here, Emil? Well, you know, it has to be good uh, in that they won a game on the road last week at Kentucky, I mean, if you're Auburn. But, you know, the back-to-back road trips could be a problem, and Arkansas had a couple weeks after playing Bama tough. For some reason, the line looks odd to me again. Six and a half points in a game that I would probably call a toss-up. I'd probably say Arkansas based on suspicion. Yeah, uh, perhaps odds makers are putting a lot of stock into what you brought up there with the back-to-back road games and all that good stuff. So, um, interesting one there. I don't have any kind of a major opinion on that. Florida State going to take on a surprisingly not-so-good Georgia Tech team sitting at 2-5. and Did you see Georgia Tech at 2-5 and at this point in the season? Five. No, and you know what? Even though they're getting the – I never saw Georgia Tech at 2-5, and especially after the year they had last year. And you know what? Even though they're getting almost a touchdown at home, I just cannot support Georgia Tech the way they're playing right now. I, I could no. not make a pick on Georgia Tech. You want to know what's the craziest thing about Georgia Tech? is They cannot, for the life of them, stop the run. Here's the run numbers for their last four games, five games. Five. They gave up 200 to Pittsburgh, 201 to Clemson, 231 to North Carolina, 165 to Duke, 215 to Notre Dame. I mean, you're gonna have a serious So what are you telling me? Cook's gonna have Heis- another monster game, huh? You think he's gonna have another Heisman monster Trophy game? candidate coming to town, and uh, he's looking to really catapult himself to the big, you know, the forefront of this race. And I think the team wants to get behind that whole deal. And so I'm anticipating 200 yards for Dalvin Cook. And if he gets 200, Florida State's gonna run away with this thing. So um, yeah, I don't like Georgia Tech in this spot. Uh, Western Kentucky taking on LSU. I'll only bring it up because uh, this could be a letdown situation for LSU. Any chance at all that a high-scoring, high-flying offense like Western Kentucky can come into Tiger Stadium and catch the uh, LSU Tigers napping? Well, I guess there's a chance, but every contrarian that I've, you know, every pick I've seen on this game seems to be saying, let's take Western Kentucky because of the spot LSU's. And I'm going to be a contrarian and say, if I'm playing this game, I'm going to lay the points with LSU. I think they finally got a little bit of a passing game last week against uh, your son's team in Florida. Mm -hmm. Um, I Mm -hmm. think they'll try to continue that this week against a bad Western Kentucky defense. I look at Western Kentucky's 6-1 record. I mean, it's built on the back of, you know, the only Power 5 wins. They beat Vanderbilt 14-12. They lost 35-38 at Indiana. I mean, it's not a great schedule, and they're going to be playing a physical LSU team who has too much to lose. Um, I, I yeah, one of the to... yeah one of the great things about LSU is they're not turning the ball over. Uh, you know, through two turnovers the whole season, you gotta love that. So if yeah. you don't give Western Kentucky extra possessions, then this thing will probably go the way that you go, uh, the way that you want it to go. Um, with Western Kentucky's ability to pass, though, uh, that back door is always open in a game like this because LSU is like you know Alabama. We'll take a win. I, I, we, you know, thirty-one twenty-four. We don't care. 
Can um, I say so, one thing though? Key thing with your the letdown spot, they've got two weeks before Alabama, so Alabama's true. not like right on deck. So you, you, this could be a game where you get a lot of people running to be cute and take, you know, oh, I'll take the 16 points. They're a six and one team. Well, look who they played. That's all I'm saying. They, they may cover, like you're saying. Let me just they tell may you walk from in experience. the bed. Even even with that Alabama game being two weeks off, I'm I'm telling yeah. you players right now are watching Alabama film. They might have watched Kentucky, Western Kentucky on Sunday, maybe on Monday, but they've been watching Alabama film. Trust me on that. So we'll see. Western Kentucky's ability to move the football, though, makes keeps the back door open, which would be scary yep. in this case. But let's talk the real picks that we're going to go with here. It's college football time, and as always, you go first. So have at it. Tell the people out there what you're trying to do this weekend. Chad and I are still hot in college football, though it was a better week for you last week than me. Um, overall, coming into the week, I'm 14 and seven, and you're 13 and eight. Um, that's pretty good, as far as I'm concerned. To say the uh, least. Well, I'm, okay. Yeah, I'm going to start. Mr. I'm going to start with the big. Yeah, Mr. Modest, right? I'm going to start with the big <laughs> game down there. Um, you know, I'm looking at this Clemson Miami game, and uh, you know, Clemson's in some rare air right now for the Clemson football program. I mean, they're in position to make this 14 playoff. They've got Florida State coming up uh, real soon. It might be their next game. I haven't looked at the schedule. I'm going to pull it up right now. They have Florida State in three weeks. So, uh, you know, they're sitting here with a trip to Miami. And believe it or not, this is Clemson's second road game of the year. Their other one was at that Louisville team you talked about. They beat them 20-17, mm-hmm. to 17, okay? Mm-hmm. They're laying seven points against a very capable hurricane team here. This is a team that took Florida State – to the mat a couple weeks ago. They they played well last week. I'm taking the seven. You were spot on. There's no way I'm I, I'm not taking seven points with the Hurricanes at home in this spot. I'd love them in this spot. They might upset Clemson. How's that? Wow. Listen to my man Amol. You know what? I'm gonna have to I'm gonna tweet that quote right there. You want to drop that on me again? That last part. They might upset Clemson outright. Oh, so you baby. go tweet that as I'm as I'm <laughs> moving on to my next pick, okay? I hey, I love it. You know what? You've got you've got basically what you're saying, Emil, is that you are going to have Clemson down here doing the very thing that pisses people from Clemson off. And you know what that is? What? Clemsoning. This is what Dabble's Yeah, they're going to be this is They're what Dabo's week thinks about your pick. Yeah, you talked about people saying, oh, how are you possibly going to get ready for this game? And, and I know as unfair as that term has been in the way it's been applied to, to Clemson, the whole Clemsoning thing and losing games you're not supposed to, how does this team kind of approach that differently in, in your mind? Is it a matter of, like you said, that, that you're focused one game at a time, or is it a matter that they don't even think about it anymore? Well, I think it's ridiculous that you're even asking me that question. I don't, I that you even say the word. I mean, I'm serious. I'm sick of it. Devil's sick of you, man. Don't be down here. Don't come down here. He might be sick at three thirty Saturday, okay? Because come three thirty Saturday, he might be on the losing end of this game. I'm taking the Canes plus the seven. Uh, you know, if you get a money line, you may want to take a little shot on that too. I just got a feeling that Miami is going to play very well. Uh, Clemson's susceptible to the pass. Uh, I, as you said, this kid from Miami might be the best quarterback in the country right now, from what I've seen. I like hey, Miami. Listen, we we just said we we're struggling to find quarterbacks. Well, there's one because I've been impressed yeah. with him. Yeah, I like him a lot. Now the next game is one that probably no one cares about other than the parents. Uh, Missouri is traveling 
down to, over to Nashville to play Vanderbilt. Uh, Missouri's a two-and-a-half-point road chalk. This is unfamiliar territory for Missouri. They went to, into the SEC and had some pretty immediate success in short order, won a couple of East championships, got to some title games. Now they sit at 4-3, and three, and really this is not the season Missouri was hoping for. I mean, in no way, shape, or form were they figuring they'd be 4-3 and three at this point in the season. Uh, their offense has totally gone away. They got beat 21-3 at home against Florida and followed that up with a 9-6 loss at Georgia. And they go to a Vanderbilt team that really trying to get the new coach's first, you know, the coach's first SEC win, I believe. I don't know if he has one yet, but Mm -hmm. that said, Mm -hmm. Vanderbilt's been in every game. They play really good defense. They struggle offensively as well. What better spot to get a win in the conference than to play a struggling Missouri team that really is probably becoming uninterested in their season? I'm going to take Vanderbilt plus the two-and-a-half at home against Missouri. And you know, Vanderbilt, I don't care what the situation is with them, they're going to make you sweat. They must be the nation's leader in hanging around the point spread on their games. You're going to sweat that out. I'm telling you right now. Yeah, I know. Load up I'm going to sweat on, out. Load, but I've, load, I've, up. load up on the deodorant. You're sweating that one out. If you're low, but I, I, they're getting a win there. Now, final one, big game, uh, as you said, in the SEC We've got uh, Mississippi State at home. They're five-point favorites against Texas A&M. Uh, uh, Mississippi, excuse me. And I'm uh, backing. I'm backing A&M. Basically, the way you analyze that game was pretty much my feeling. Um, I like what I saw from A&M, and people are saying, "How do you like what you saw from A&M against Alabama?" They were undone by three pick sixes. But even at that, they were down big in that game early. They got the score back within reason to 28-20 before they came unglued again. They showed me some fight. I think the kid, Allen, was a little bit unnerved uh, in that game against Alabama, and certainly you start throwing pick sixes, that'll do it. Uh, He got that out of his system. Mississippi, their season just is not what they wanted it to be. And last week they jump out 14-0 at home against an undefeated Memphis team, and they lose the game by by two touchdowns at home. Mm -hmm. That's bad. Okay. Uh, Yeah, definitely not a good look. No, this could be a situation where you just get a, a, a semi-disinterested Mississippi team against what I think is showing me a pretty good A&M squad this year. I'm going to take the five points. I think A&M gets the outright, of course, but I'll gladly take the five. So, at, you know, reviewing, we've got Miami plus the seven. We've got Texas A&M plus the five and Vanderbilt plus the two and a half. All right. Uh, riding, riding with them, man. And, you know, listen – I don't know how the how the locals down here feel. I, I I guess I'll get a gauge on that when I enter the stadium tomorrow. Because again, the plan is for me to go to the game, but I'm not even sure if the fans want Miami to win tomorrow or not. I'm just not even sure. It's just that kind of a situation that we've got going on down here. So again, like I said, I'll get a better read on that when I enter the stadium tomorrow. Um, I just think if you're a Canes fan, um, you always you always want your team to win. So. Um, We'll kind of see how that goes. All right, as for me, I did promise you a pick on that matchup in the Pac-12 between Utah and USC. Yeah, there's some line suspicion here. Why in God's name is the USC team that uh, has struggled? There's there's no other way to to put it. This this season's been a struggle. Why are they favorites against uh, the best team in the Pac-12? and one vying for a spot in in the college football playoff. Well, you know, USC's kind of owned Utah and this is something this is something about knowing how to play a team um and and 
and I think USC does, despite losing to them last year. Um, USC is, USC's kind of had their way here, and so I think they're going to pick themselves up off the mat. You know, they've adjusted their goals here, and they need to pull forward. And I, I just think that USC is uh, going to defend their home turf, man. I, I just think that that's what's going to happen. Utah's flying high, um, and they might be playing above their heads here a little bit, if I dare say that. Uh, a tremendous defensive performance last week. Held Arizona State to 15 yards rushing. I just feel like this is a spot, Amo, where they might come in a little bit too full of themselves. Call me crazy, but uh, kind this of is feeling a feeling I got too. Yeah, there's a lot on line suspicion, and I know you wanted to back your guys and you didn't want to jinx them, and I appreciate you doing that since I did pick them and I didn't need you uh, jinxing this. Pick. You're welcome. So I, yeah, I appreciate I appreciate that. Ohio State, they're taking on Rutgers. Ohio State hasn't looked like Ohio State all year long. Amol, that's been one of the, you know big stories coming out of the big. Week, uh, this week, next week, you know they've all they've been talking about that all season long. Uh, I think this is a spot where you might want to a little bit. I gotta ask you this question: Did you expect to see that going on? Did you think this would be the case with their quarterback situation? Did you expect them to be going round and round with it? Yeah, because when you have two quarterbacks, it means you have none. I thought Cardell that's usually the problem. Solid. I thought he'd come out to be solid, but then again, there's also the fact that, you know what, doesn't really have a whole bunch of starts under his belt. Nevertheless, going with JT Barrett, I think they're going to uh, pull themselves together here. Um, for some reason, I think they might have gotten a little boost from Michigan losing. I have a feeling a little bit of Ohio State's mind was on Michigan. Michigan took that loss. Rutgers, um, they're not really interested in defense. You give up 52 points to Indiana. Um, you haven't played well in the two road games that you've played in this year. When you went to Penn State, you lost 28-3. to You go to Indiana, and you give up 52 points. You do get the win, but I just don't like Rutgers in this spot. I think Ohio State wants to flex some muscle, and I think they will do so. This feels like um, 50. This feels like 51-17 to me. Yeah, uh, I just think Ohio State, you know, reassures everyone that they are the team in the Big Ten, and this is the week for them to do that. And then staying in the Big Ten – uh, Penn State and Maryland. Penn State, I don't know why people want to build Penn State up to be this team. I don't know what the, the kind of the love affair is with them. But uh, here they are, six-and-a-half-point favorites. They're a five-and-two football team. Um, and they're coming off of this loss last week, got handled by Ohio State. People tried to make that like it was going to be a game. Uh, they go out there and give up 315 yards rushing. As a rule, Emil, I can't back you as a touchdown favorite damn near on the road the week after you gave up 315 yards rushing to a team. I mean, you, that's just weird. No, I, uh, the other thing is I think they put a lot of energy and focus into maybe getting an upset there because they convinced themselves they were a true 5-1 and one team when anybody looking at that schedule knows Penn State's record was purely a, you know, a function of who they had played to that point in the season. Um, I think that they may be a little flat. Yeah, I, I, can't, make a, I can't make a huge case for Maryland because uh, they've not shown up in their bigger games this year. But this this is not one of those bigger games. This is not West Virginia. It's not Michigan. It's not Ohio State. It's a home game against Penn State. And with that being the case, I am going to uh, I'm going to roll with Maryland on this one and, and take the six-and-a-half points. I just don't think Penn State is that team. Um, so, so recap that for us. So what are you doing here? 
Yeah, I'm taking Maryland as a six and a half point underdog. I'm going to take Ohio State as a 21 point favorite. Is that where Ohio State is at? 21 yep. points. Yep, 21 point favorite. And then I am going to back your USC Trojans. Uh, I think that makes you happy. Uh, I'm going to back them in their big game against Utah as three and a half point favorite. So there you go. There you there go. You go. Six and zero between the two of us. Yep, there it is. So I'm going to jump into the quickest of all breaks. When we get back, we're going to talk NFL football here on the Gridiron Stud Show right after this. Uh, anytime yeah, me and Scott yeah, Storch yeah. get together, we got to call us the Illuminati. Whenever you see the G, it represents God. To all you high school recruits out there, you want to get recruited by the colleges? Step up and visit GridironStuds.com today. We got college coaches visiting. We've got people visiting. We've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. GridironStuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now. Set your profile up and let yourself be seen. Friday edition. We got to roll into uh, our NFL situation right here and start giving out some picks and start talking about some of uh, the uh, top games that we have coming up. We usually try and do the college and NFL picks together. Uh, we didn't do that for whatever reason. Someone fumbled the ball around here. So why don't we just roll right into those right now? Emil, we'll, we'll okay, lay the NFL Okay, let me cover the records down. Now, the, NF- the NFL, you're sitting at seven wins with nine losses and a push. I'm seven wins, ten losses and a push. So, you know, I'm expecting each of us to go 3-0, and and uh, you can get above 500 in the NFL, and I'll get back to 500. So have at it. Yeah, we, we, we need that to happen quick, fast, and in a hurry. All right, St. Louis is uh, back home, uh, and they're going to be taking on the Cleveland Browns. Cleveland Browns used to be, you know, like easy bait. You know, you want to win, you take on the Cleveland Browns, but they're not as weak a team this year. They're 2-4 and four on the season but it's starting to get around that time, Emil, where Cleveland needs to start looking like Cleveland. Uh, I think they were had a lot emotionally invested in that Denver game last week, only to lose it in overtime against the Broncos. Uh, now to have to head out on the road after that, I think they're going to be a deflated football team. This is the third road game in four for the Cleveland Browns. Losing programs and franchises like this typically don't handle that situation very well. On the other side, we have the St. Louis Rams. Uh, coming back home after taking a loss a couple weeks ago against the Green Bay Packers, a game in which they played fairly well in, uh, went out and um, picked off Aaron Rodgers for the first time in a long time, not once, just twice, um, and, and he threw his first interception in quite a long time at Lambeau. St. Louis continues to play well on defense. I think that will spearhead their effort here. I don't see them following up a loss to Green Bay now with a, a loss to Cleveland. You're not coming back home with two weeks rest off of a loss to lose to the Cleveland Browns. So I fully expect St. Louis to be at their best here and Cleveland to be Cleveland. So I'm going to take the St. Louis Rams as, uh, what are they, six-point favorites in this contest? Six-and-a-half-point favorites. I like the Six Rams half. game. That's a good fine, pick. Yeah. yeah. Fine with me. The the hook on that thing's not a big deal. I mean, I think they went by more than a touchdown in this game. So uh, I'm going to take the St. Louis Rams at home against the Cleveland Browns. Um 
How about this? I'm going to back the locals. Listen, Amal, I've been down on the Miami Dolphins. It was down on them going into the season. Uh, I'm going to pat myself yeah. on the back for that. But, 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 um, right, as of right now, I'm very impressed with the interim coach, Dan Campbell. He's come in. He's changed the attitude almost overnight. These players are ready to go out and play hard. You saw what that turned into last week. I did caution people on Monday that the opponent was Tennessee. Well, this week's opponent is the Houston Texans. I mean, I mean, they're just they're not that much more than Tennessee. If uh, Houston's struggling through their season, they are extremely underperforming, two and four on the year, coming off of a win against Jacksonville that will probably give them some sort of false sense of security. This too is Houston's third road game in four in four tries, um, and 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 I think Miami has a lot of momentum going. I just feel. I feel a certain amount of energy around them. And you know what? The last thing Miami needs ahead of their New England game is to take a loss here. So I think their balls to the wall um, and another blowout might be in effect here. How about that? They're gonna, people are going to catch Dan Campbell fever down here. Uh, yeah, I, I could think see the Dolphins that. I could, definitely, I could definitely see them getting hot in this, in this spot against a team that really is ripe for the pick, and I like that pick. Yeah, the vibe the vibe around the around the Dolphins is very very good right now, and I'm just that's uh, just a, a a a pick off of feel. I could feel it, so I'm gonna roll with the Dolphins on that one. And then finally, the big matchup, uh, probably the biggest game of the uh, of the weekend, is the New York Jets traveling to take on the New England Patriots. The Patriots have been absolute juggernauts this season. Uh, everyone, get the hell out of their way. Um, I look. I don't care if you're a Patriot fan or not. You have to be impressed with what they've gone out and done, and you've got to be impressed with what they're doing offensively against teams. Forty against Buffalo, fifty-one against Jacksonville, thirty against Dallas, thirty-four against Indianapolis. Uh, you know who else is impressed? I think the Patriots. I think they're going to be overly impressed um, with what they've been doing lately. I think Emil. They put a lot into that game last week against the Colts, um, and now that it's over. Um, I think they take a little bit of a breath here. And who's played New England tougher than the New York Jets uh, over the last couple of years? As a matter of fact, the last four games between these two teams have all been settled by less than a touchdown. I think that trend continues. I think the Jets have upset power here. I think if the Patriots are going to lose a game during this regular season, this would be the spot right here. So I'm going to back a very good New York Jets team that's 4-1 and on the season getting uh, over a touchdown in this contest. How about them, Apples? That's it's very nice. You know, it's, they have played them very well with, with less talent, and they seem to have a pretty solid group this year. So I like the pick. So recap that. Yeah, uh, the Jets. The Jets are running the ball well and playing good defense, and that's usually a good ingredient to be a good underdog. So I got the Jets as seven and a half point underdogs. I'm taking the local Miami Dolphins as five point favorites, and I'm going to back the St. Louis Rams at home hosting the Cleveland Browns. They are six and a half point favorites. What say you on the NFL? Okay, I'm going to start backwards with your Sunday night game. You know, uh, the Eagles gave their fans a false sense of security Monday night. Yes, their defense played well. Um, the pick that Eli threw looked like a, an eighth-grade quarterback. Uh, the, the guy from the Eagles was actually surprised when he ran it in. I think it was like, wow, he just threw me the ball. The Eagles quarterback threw three picks in that game mm-hmm. against the Giants on Monday night. They're on a short week. They're on the road. They're playing a very good Carolina team. I think we learned that last week. We weren't sure about Carolina, but Seattle's still Seattle, and that's still a tough place to win. They went up there. They move the football. Cam Newton looks like maybe he's finally figuring out the NFL game, and that's dangerous. 
and they're home laying three points to the Eagles. I don't know why the Eagles are getting this much respect with the line. Uh, their performance was sloppy Monday night. I'm going to take Carolina and lay the three points are you, there. L- let, me, let me pull you up there. Are you at all worried, though, about that? And even though they're not looking like juggernauts this year, are you at all worried about the post-beating Seattle lull that you know teams will get? It concerns me a little bit, but sure. But you know what? You could almost say the same thing for the Eagles because those NFC East games usually produce a lull sometimes for those teams. I mean, Philadelphia, New York, and Philadelphia, Dallas are two of the biggest rivalries in football. And, you know, so so for the Eagles, remember, that was a big game on Monday night. Short rest, I don't like the way Bradford's playing. I really don't. I mean, I don't know, I don't know how you feel comfortable taking him right now. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Uh, yeah, I, I kind of wanted to mess with that one, too, because I always take a look, as I'm sure you do, I always look at the two teams that played the Monday night football game to see if I got anything there, and um, I was kind of scared off by what I said. But carry on, my friend. With Okay, me. next, uh, you know, I looked at this one, and, yeah, I know they lost to the Patriots last week, but the Colts are 3-3. Three and three. Now, part of that, again, is who they played. They have a couple close wins against horrible teams in their division, but they did do it when luck didn't play, so I'll give them credit for that. They're 3-3, three and three, and uh, in comes a New Orleans team that's sitting at 2-4. and four. And New Orleans, another team, you know, they've the, the two wins they had, they beat Dallas when Whedon was quarterbacking, and they beat him in overtime. I mean, the, the Saints are just not the Saints anymore. Uh, for me, this is a game the Colts have to have. Uh, they're short favorites here. They're only laying four points. They're at home. I'm going to lay the four points and figure the Colts can get it done at home against the Saints. All righty. Uh, yeah, I like that one. I know we're going to see some offense in that game. What do you got for the third? And then finally, I hate to do it to them, but you know what? I can't resist. I'm going to take my Cowboys getting four points at the New York Football dum, Giants. Dum, dum. Uh, you just heard what I said. The Giants played on Monday night, and as bad as Sam Bradford looked, Eli Manning may have looked worse. Their best offensive weapon, uh, Odell Beckham Jr., he's got a bad hamstring. He may play, but you can see he is not the player he was last year because of that injury. And, you know, that kind of neutralizes Des Bryant being out. The thing I do like about the Cowboys in this game is all those pass rushers that didn't play the first time, they're playing this week. Mm-hmm. Hardy, Gregory, Lawrence, Mincy. The Cowboys are going to be like wild dogs chasing Eli. And, uh, I just don't like what I'm seeing from the Giants. So while I always worry about jinx in my team, I'm going to take four points there with the Cowboys in that division matchup. Yeah, you know, not a bad thing, especially if they're going to be getting after the quarterback. I think we know what that does to Eli Manning, and uh, the Giants are just uh, hard to figure out. Um, with that being said, they can come out here and go nuts on your Cowboys. but uh, They could, the but short week also gives here. me some – I feel better – also getting those points, knowing the Giants are on a short week after a division game. I mean, that that's just a tough thing, back-to-back division games on a short week. Yeah, no doubt about it. So, um, yeah, probably some sense you made there. So did you recap this thing? Can you recap it for us? Sure. We got the Carolina Panthers minus three. We've got the Indianapolis Colts minus four. And my Dallas Cowboys, and they're yours now too if you're listening to me, plus four against the Giants. Yeah, uh, they're everyone's cowboys if they're uh, if they're riding hard with your picks this weekend. All right, well there you have it. Uh, any of these other NFL games that we didn't touch on that um, you feel like we might need to talk something about here? Well, I'm kind of curious. Chargers? If Ben's coming. 
Well, the Chargers-Raiders game, but first let's the Steelers game. I, I mean, I'm, I haven't got word yet if, if Roethlisberger's playing. I don't know if anybody really knows. Uh, uh, you know, apparently that game, he's that, not. They're going to roll with Landry Jones in that game. Yeah, which which is which is curious. You know, I think he got, came in last week. Obviously, no film on him. He played well. Uh, Kansas City, their season's been a disaster at one and five. But you want to know what? This is like one of those weird games where you could kind of, for some reason. I could just kind of see Kansas City winning some ugly 17-16 game. I'm not saying they will, but it just has the feeling to me like this could be a bad week for the Steelers. I don't know why. Yeah, well, you know, you said this. I don't know if I agreed with you. Outside of this Jets-Patriots game and then, you know, your 4 o'clock game with uh, maybe the Cowboys and Giants, maybe Raiders-Chargers, there's not a whole lot I really care to see this weekend in the NFL. No, I think that Sunday night game that I picked could be kind of interesting. I mean, you know, Panthers are 5-0, and and obviously whenever Chip Kelly's involved on the other side, it makes it interesting. So I think that could be something worth worth watching uh, as far as, you know, what, what Eagles team do we get? Does DeMarco Murray go off again? But, yeah, there's not a ton of great games, no. Yeah, uh, that's that's how I'm looking at it. It pales in comparison to what you've got going on in college football, uh, if I could just say it like that. All right, so we're going to leave it there. It's uh, time for me to shove you out into the ocean. You get to go uh, start your weekend early or finish your work today and then uh, go start your weekend early. I'm coming back after the break because I need to talk some Canes football. Hopefully, hopefully Peter is, is not uh, AWOL on me. I don't see him in the queue here. But uh, I will also be talking high school football with Joshua Wilson. He's uh, always showing up and always on time. So uh, I have those two things coming up. And, uh, Emil, enjoy your weekend. And uh, Everybody enjoy your weekends. Be safe. Enjoy the football. And, uh, you know, we, we're late. we just laid out 12-0 and 0 for you. It doesn't get better than that. that that's exactly what I was going to say. You took the words right out of my mouth. All right. Thanks. And uh, we're going to jump into a break when I get back. Canes and high school football on the Gridiron Stud Show. You want the truth? Well, here it is. Speed kills, and in no other sport is that true than in football. Speed gets you to the end zone. Speed gets you to the ball carrier. Speed makes you a winner. Do you want championship-type speed? Do you want speed that kills? Then Complete Speed is what you need. Complete Speed is turning athletes into game breakers. With quick and easy methods that are easy to understand, Complete Speed can shave time off your 40-yard dash, make you quicker and more explosive. They have a clear progression, drills, and exercises, along with specific instructions. They also have proven sample workouts and programs for you, the individual, or for you, the coach. Speed is what you need, so hurry now and check out Complete Speed. Just go to gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed. That's gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed for more information right now. Hey, 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 do you love fantasy sports? Do you love money? Do you love excitement? Well, get ready, because you may have found your heaven. FanDuel has combined all of these great things into one amazing website. Turn your love for sports into money and excitement with one week and even one day fantasy leagues with a chance for enormous payouts. FanDuel pays out over $10 million in winnings weekly to its members. That's right, $10 million. One member has made over $600,000 playing in their league. Another customer entered a one day contest for $25 and get this, cashed out $25,000 that day. FanDuel even offers a 100% money-back guarantee. 
Sign up now and join a league. If you don't absolutely love it, they'll give you your money back. You can enter leagues for as little as $1. For a limited time, FanDuel is offering a 100% deposit match bonus to Gridiron Stud Show listeners. That's right, they'll match your initial deposit all the way up to $200. What more can you ask for? Just head over to FanDuel.com right now and enter the promo code Gridiron Studs when you sign up. But you better hurry. The match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to FanDuel.com and enter the promo code Gridiron Studs. Do it now! Titans with the heel of it last week. Maybe you're not laughing so much. And uh, as we just went through our NFL picks here, Emil and I, I am indeed picking the Miami Dolphins this weekend to uh, to go ahead and take out the Houston Texans at home. Miami went on the road last week, uh, full of life. You saw guys doing things that people expected them to do going into the season and uh, just hadn't done it in those first four games. They came out and got it done, got after the passer, did, you know, started sacking some people, got physical, ran the football. Lamar uh, Miller ended up with a 100-yard rushing game. Who saw that coming? And, uh, you know, Ryan Tannehill did some good things with the football, did throw a couple of picks there. One of them I, I just was not his fault. But you saw a lot of good stuff coming from them there. So um, why not bring that back home? Uh, First game at home in the Dan Campbell era. Everyone's feeling good. I just think there are going to be a lot of people in that stadium. It's gonna there's going to be some good energy there. I think the uh, players from the Miami Dolphins not only going to be feeding off of Dan Campbell's energy and uh, the couple changes that he's made, uh, they're going to be feeding off of that fan energy. I just no way I see the Dolphins losing this game. Uh, you know what? A loss right here for the Dolphins would be catastrophic. I mean, if I could use that word, absolutely catastrophic. So um, I don't see that happening, and there's no reason for me to believe that the two and four Houston Texans can come in here with any kind of a strong upset mindset. I just can't see it. So um, you know, you know, when you make a pick at the time you're making it, it seems like the easiest, most clairvoyant thing ever. And then the actual game happens, and you're like, how did I miss that? What what was I thinking about this, that, and the other? So uh, very interesting uh, game coming up here. And if the Dolphins can go out and dominate once again, and I mean win this game by double digits, do something close on the scoreboard like what they did last week against Tennessee, I think there's going to be a serious buzz. And then I think the Patriots are going to have to pay a little bit more attention to the Dolphins than they had originally planned. What sucks for the Dolphins here is that I'm also predicting the New York Jets to have a chance at upsetting the Patriots. And the worst thing for uh, Miami would be to be taking on the New England Patriots in this contest next week with the Patriots coming off of a loss. That'd be that'd be really bad news for them. So um, if you're a Dolphin fan, you hope my prediction on the Jets is wrong. 
um, while you're also hoping that my prediction on the Dolphins is correct. So uh, we'll see. I always plan on going 3-0, and so, you know, you Dolphin fans are just going to have to deal with that Jets pick. The ideal situation would be New England winning by three points over the Jets, but even still, the way the, the Patriots' mindset is, just beating the Jets by three points might, in their mind, equate a loss and result in the same type of preparation for the Dolphins the next week. So either way, that could be bad news. But first things first, Dolphins have got the Houston Texans at home, and I fully expect the Dolphins to go out and handle their business in much the same fashion that they did last week. Can I get an amen from all the Dolphin fans out there? All right, well, we did college football. Uh, we gave out the picks. We did the NFL football. We gave out the picks. Now it's time to talk high school football, one of my favorite segments each week as we get to run up and down the state of Florida, the great state of Florida, known for its high school football, full of talent, and uh, talk high school football with Joshua Wilson, my next guest here from FloridaHSFootball.com. Josh, how you doing, man? Football season coming to uh, a close here in high school. Well, unless you're going to the state championship. <laughs> right. Yeah, but, 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 yeah, but, 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 if you're in the tournament, then yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, for 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 192 teams in a few weeks, they they'll be uh they'll they'll be continuing their season, you know. For for, for a bunch of others, uh, the, se- the season will sadly come to an end for them in the next couple of weeks. So you know, it's it's hard to believe. Where, where did the weeks go? I'm I'm trying to look for, I'm trying to look back on my calendar, and I'm like, wait, wait a second. Last time I looked, it was August next month, and then we're sitting here almost the end of October. Yeah, man. I mean, we blitzed we blitzed through this thing really really quick. It seemed like just yesterday we were doing the. Uh, we were doing the the, the preseason games and uh, the kickoff classics, and here we are, man. We're talking about the season winding down to a close uh, for most of these teams, and others are going to be going on to the playoffs. We had some games last night. Uh, anything earth-shattering come out of those games that we need to talk about before we jump into tonight's conference? Uh. Just the fact that Coconut Creek seems to hang sixty points on games that they the, the, the games that really are not the ones that they need to win. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, you know they're very stat they're very statrific. They came into the season really high on their hopes because of what they had done in seven on seven, and as they've learned, as others have learned in years past, seven on seven is a one game, and then football is another, and those things don't always translate. The only team I really uh, have seen that translate for has been Booker T. Uh, Booker T has yeah. done well in off seasons with seven on seven and kind of rolled it into the uh, football season. But most of these other teams build up false hope during the seven on seven season. So, Coke yeah, yeah, would be one of those. yeah, and I try to not, and that's what you know, and that's what I kind of got, I kind of got on to one of the national analysts about that because you know, put, put, put Coconut Creek in the, in the top one hundred nationally. I'm just like, no, you don't want to do that. You, you you're going to regret it. Well, sure enough, here we are later talking. Coconut Creek's not likely going to make the playoffs. You know, especially American Heritage and Helen Dale win this week. They're, they're you know they they've got the playoff first. They're playing for the district title next week at this particular point. You know, if they win, so you know it's 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 one yeah. Of those- you know, I really think I really think what fuels those rankings, and I've had this discussion uh, more times this week than normal. Uh, I think that's just fueled by um, highly recruited guys being on a team. Uh, I think that's what really that's all about. And so Coconut Creek definitely has that. I talked about, you know, three of their guys um, on my recruiting roundtable show on Wednesday, Malik Young, 
uh, Trayvon Mullen and, of course, Benjamin Victor. And I think those guys, being the dynamic players that they are, fueled their ranking. Uh, it really had nothing to do football-related because they were still weak in the trenches as they've been over the last couple of years. And so, um, yes, they rolled mm-hmm. up the points in the stats last week, and that's really all they're going to have to hold on to here is their season is uh, you know, pretty much kaput. But uh, what are we looking at tonight, man? I, I mean, there's a there's, there's a game going down in Dade County, which in any other year before this um, would have been a monster game. But Columbus is taking on Booker T. Washington. I think everyone would expect Columbus to be the winner in this contest. Yeah, I, I just I, I think Columbus is going to roll the nine and zero here. You know, Booker T's going to probably drop their fifth game of the drop their fifth game of the year. They're sitting at four and four right now. But, I mean, this Booker T's won their district already, so that they've clinched that district with even with one district game remaining against Miami Edison. The thing is for Booker T, you know, I mean, there, is there a potential chance here that Booker T could go could be four and six entering the playoffs? I mean, I see him five and five at this particular point, but I don't think a lot of people saw Booker T five and five going to the playoffs this year. I think they saw him maybe like a seven and three, eight and two kind of team. I didn't mm-hmm. expect this. Yeah, what would you say is the reason for this? I I think it's maybe there's been a little bit of a talent drop-off a little bit. I wouldn't say too much, but I I think it's enough that it's caused. You know, and I think it's also that, you know, improvements like Miami Northwestern, you know, Miami Central having, you know, getting that edge, you know, in those games. You know, especially Miami Northwestern, you know, the fact that they've been able to turn turn the course around a little bit this year, you know, it it kind of provides the – Future outlook saying that Miami Northwestern is a future contender again. You just gotta, you just gotta keep an eye on them. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, it, it, for Booker T, it's just, it's, it, it's a little, it's a little shocking because I mean, I still saw, I, I mean, I saw them winning the district in this, you know, you know, in, in the preseason. I just didn't think we'd be talking a Booker T team going possibly into the playoffs at five hundred. Maybe, maybe no, and, and still, no, and, I don't, and I don't, still, I don't. Yeah, you'd have been, you know, uh, thought of as a little crazy if you would have said that. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I would have had someone slap me on that one because, I mean, or or, or even the possibility, there's still that possibility of them going in the playoffs at four and six and say if they, you know, somehow miraculously lose to Miami Edison next week. You know, that's four and six. You know, who who would have yeah. thought that? I don't think anybody would have seen that coming. And that's that that's the shocker in all of this. And you know, and it and it, and it sets up it fuels the fire for, for teams like Glade Central, University School, Clueless Game, any of those teams that emerge out of that district seven, they're gonna fuel the fire saying, Hey, this is our best chance to get Booker T. Washington knocked out early and, and you know what, they may actually have that chance to do it. Yeah. Um and and, and you know, we'll 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 see if that is indeed what uh ends up happening. Uh let's stay in that in that discussion and let's talk about University School who played an outstanding game last week against Glade Central and came up uh a little bit short in that one. Uh and, and there's the oh, yeah. chance those two teams could meet again. It was it was really, really a great game. They ha- they do have an interesting game tonight though against Chaminade, and I kind of stirred the pot a little bit over there with uh, with with the Chaminade um, and U School matchup. I did remind some folks over there at Chaminade that Chaminade has never beaten University School, but um, if you oh, had to guess, <laughs> what do you think is going to happen in that game? Pinkos has it as a one point game, so it might be the most exciting game again uh, this week. Man, well, hey, hey, can we expect another barn burner? <laughs> this is what yeah, I, I it looks like that might be on tap. Yeah, absolutely. 
I mean, you, you considering if you look at some of the schools at university, some of the t- games at university schools played this year, you look at it, it's like barn burner, barn burner, barn burner. They, yeah, uh, yeah, they, they're battle tested, no doubt. Yo, yeah, and, 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 and I look at it, and, you know, thinking it's you know, university school, you know, two, you know, you know, a couple just a few years ago, we were talking about them winning the state championship, didn't drop off, and then all of a sudden here right. they are again. It's like. And, and I don't think something. I mean, really, to be honest, I didn't see it coming this year. I was like, oh, yeah, you get a right. new coach in there. You got your third head coach in three years. You, you're gonna be you're gonna be struggling a little bit. You know, it, this is you know it's gonna be a Glade Central coolest in district this year. You know, it's it, it's gonna be for them and nobody else. And it's just like, I I think I think when university schools said we're back is when they beat coolest, and that's what they said. Hey, you know what? We're in it. We're gonna fight for this. You know, it's on a it's on a two team district race at this point. It's three teams. Right. We're all right. gonna fight it out. Yeah, no no doubt I, about it. This it's I, been a I'll little bit of something. a Oh yeah, but I'll tell you something. I'll tell you something, Jed. It's the thing with the least thing, I would not be surprised if that district ends up with a tiebreaker on that Monday night right after week ten. Well, for folks who are novices, right, to folks who are novices to high school football, just listening into the show, tell them what happens if the district does end up in a tiebreaker. You know, detail it for them okay. as to what exactly takes place. Okay, the, the district ends up in a three-way. It, 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 actually, you can end up having a tiebreaker where there's four and fourteen. The record, the state record, is five, which the only time that's ever happened was 1988, and that happened in the Panhandle. But what the thing is, is that Usually, most of the time, you'll have a th- you know three teams that end up tying. You know, sometimes it'll be for both the district champion and runner-up spot. And sometimes it'll be three teams tying for the runner-up spot. What mm-hmm. happens is that the Monday after week ten, whoever has the best overall record hosts this district tiebreaker, and the the top the, whether if it's three teams, the best team with that you know the host school will get the first will get the first quarter by. So the two mm-hmm. teams will play each other. And then this is and in now and this is in a district championship scenario. The first two teams will play each other and then whoever wins will play the host school. Now, if say the winner of that first that first quarter game beats the host school in that second quarter, then the 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 loser of that first quarter will play the host school to decide the district runner up. I mean it sounds now, like now, I need a cheat sheet for this thing. You sometimes you really do. Need <laughs> I need a, a diagram district. here, Josh. But because, it, but if it's a district, if it's a district runner-up, it's just a process of elimination. So you know, okay, whoever, whoever, you know, they go through the fourth quarter. Whoever loses, they're out. The whole school on the in the, in the team that won the first quarter, they play each other. Whoever wins that game, they're the district runner-up, and they move on. So I mean, and there's been, and like I said, there's been an instance of one time where there's been a five-team. Scenario, and this is mm. back in when we're talking about. It happened in 1988. I mean, I have to give credit to Richard Burton, who's doing big history research project on trying to do mm. a book on the history of the high school playoffs in the state of Florida. Thing for wow. yeah, the thing with that is that is that the whole the thing was is that during that time period they were playing for one playoff spot between five schools, mm. one playoff right. spot because it was it was right. district Imagine champions that. only. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. crazy. Yeah, and, uh, and, so that that would be a crazy scenario. Sounds like we we may be coming up with one here, and and you know certainly want to see what the uh, final score is going to be. I'll be score checking on that one, Chaminade and University School. Let's bump it back up to eight A. Uh, we could have a situation tonight where in one week, in the same week, 
uh, Flanagan goes out and beats two teams in the same week by more than four touchdowns. Uh, what what do you say about Flanagan's run ever since they dropped that game to South Plantation? Call the madman angry. Ups, mm-hmm. I mean, that's what they're pretty much doing. They they got angry. It did help to get Cato Nelson back as well, too. Oh yeah, it got, but it got it just literally that loss got him angry, man. I, 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 and I feel you. Know, it's like any team that's been in their path ever since. It's kind of like you, you feel bad for them a little bit because now they're getting, you know, mowed over. You know, it's like you know, here, here's their high grass, and here comes the lawnmower, and boom, they're down. It, 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 that's what it sort of feels like with them. It's like you know, but but, but you got to say, you know, hey, you, you, you couldn't say that you didn't expect Flanagan to do this if they got, that that had been the point. You, mm-hmm. you know, you, you knew that we're going to do something after that. Right? No, you, I, I you just, knew they would, you expected a good season. It didn't quite uh, start out that way, why? and then of course you had the you had the loss. But there was a situation there at quarterback, which uh, along with losing to South Plantation, you did get um, your quarterback back. Um, can you think of this? How about this interesting aside? When was the last time, or has it ever happened, that you had a quarterback lead two separate teams to state titles? Actually, there's actually been there's actually been another. I'm trying to think. I believe, if I believe I'm right, there's been that done that. That there's two state set state title games, or, or actually win it. I believe. That yeah, I mean, because that's case. the situation. Uh, that's what lies ahead for Cato Nelson here, who won the title okay, two years ago was, with Champagnat. There was one other from one other instance, I believe, and I can recall back, and it goes back to a player that was at bowl school. In in 2011, and then the next year, 2012, was at University of Christian and won it as well. So mm, remember, Bowles won in 11 against Booker T. 2012, right. University of Christian. I cannot remember his name off the top of my head, but it did happen one other time where I don't know if he was necessarily a quarterback, but you had a player that was at a different school one year, win it, go to a different school the next year, and win it at that, that, that different school. And yeah, I don't doubt that that. That's a yeah, instance. I don't doubt that that situation's happened. Uh, you know, I, I definitely don't doubt that 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 has actually taken place uh, several times. Um, and you oh, would have yeah. that situation at American Heritage if um, if you have some of those players there go and 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 you know win a title. Um, and I think I think I, I think I think you could have some of that happen with some of the players at St. Thomas Aquinas. Yeah, how about that interesting thing? Their center, Louis Berkowitz, was uh, a member of the university school state title team. He was a member of the American Heritage state title team last year. And now at mm-hmm. St. Thomas, if they go and win the title, he would have done this at three different schools. But uh, I'm trying to break this down really to quarterbacks, as they've always seen as the leader of the team. I'm just wondering if there's ever been a quarterback lead two different teams to, to mm-hmm. state titles in Florida. Probably something for your man doing the history project to, to kind of look into. I wonder if that's the first time that we're having that happen. So yeah, certainly something mean, interesting mean, to check into. I mean, there's always, there's always history breaking stuff that's going on. I mean, it's like, I mean, we, we had one team last night clinch a playoff playoff for the first time ever. I thought they had clinched before and I'm realizing, wait a second, no, they had never clinched. So it's like, mm. you know, there's, there's just certain things, you know, these teams are, I think, as I say, I've always said things come in cycles. And, mm-hmm. and I was talking to I was talking to the photographer and we got out in the Panhandle and I was talking to him about you know some of the things and he said you know what Panhandle football I think is a lot better this year, but I also right. think you know, and I, I'm gonna I'm gonna make some people mad here but I really think South Florida football is a little bit down this year given the nature of the beast of how how things have been the last few years you know 
Miami mm-hmm. Central losing, Miami, you know, I mean, I mean, it, Miami Carroll City dropping, you know, losing that game. The normally kind of shocked me last week. I'm like, wait a second. Well, now that district's growing up in the upheaval. But then again, it really shouldn't surprise me that district, that di- district 16 in, in 6A, it's always like that. They're always going to end up finding a way to hit the reset button to cause the, the floor some kind of tiebreaker issue. And I, I guarantee it, this is what's going to happen. They're going to be a three-way tiebreaker for both spots. And, it's going to come down to whoever makes I don't, the best play you know, on the field. I don't know if sometimes we would confuse weaker with perhaps more spread out. Um, I think there I, is I starting to become that. a shift. Yeah, I, I, I think I, there's starting to become a, a shift. Bit, yeah, I, I think you could say it's a little bit more spread out this year in the way things have gone. I don't think you can clear-cut pinpoint one team right this second is, oh, they're going to win a state title. Maybe it's that from their mm-hmm. heritage at this particular point. Any other team right this second, I would still – you know, I can't even say that Miami Central is going to make it to state now because of where they're at. Right. You know, right. The, the, the fact that they, the fact that the offensively they cannot seem to put a lot of points up on the board that that's a concern because if you get in front, say they get in, they make it to somehow make it in front of Mainland, that's going to be damaging for them because you know Mainland's defense can shut them down. Mainland's offense is you can put a high scoring output. That's I mean, yeah, that would be a that'd be a dangerous matchup for them, which is almost inevitable. I think you're going to have to go through mainland, so um, you know something for us to keep an eye on as we as when we start heading into the tournament uh, and moving. I, on that note, what about how seriously can we take Dwyer in seven A? Um, are they a legit threat to, <laughs> to 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 get in the way of St. Thomas, who everyone wants to put in Orlando already? Well, let me. I mean, I mean, it, it, the thing for Dwyer is is that they get. That, I mean, I mean, because all the football we just nice in this in this whole this whole situation with the playoffs is that, and I'll make them. I'm gonna make the mention of this is that the FHA has changed all the alignment of the brackets to everybody being on the top line this year, making it a lot, making a lot easier, you know, with the playoff brackets and stuff. That okay, that um, that you know, we're going to go top line every classification. So we don't have to sit here and worry about the confusing of those brackets anymore as to which class you're talking about and which line of the bracket they're going to be on. I mean, I mean, I mean the thing for, for the thing for Dwyer is that they're going to get to host that, that game coming out mm. of, you know, because they're going to be on the top line still at that particular point coming out of District 13. You know, Aquinas is going to be on the top line out of 14, but that would be bottom line at that particular point if they, you know, win their first round. I mean, I mean, I think the thing to look at is that St. Thomas Aquinas is is that every road game they've played so far they've had, you know they've had struggles this year, mm-hmm. yeah, and, mm-hmm. and that that's the thing you know they're not they're comfortable at home but they seem to be a little bit uncomfortable when they get on the road and you know here's the situation they're going to have to get on the road they're going to have to get uncomfortable they're going to have to go into an environment they're not familiar with, mm-hmm. and you know mm-hmm. I think you know that's the case if you look back the one years that. You know, St. Thomas Aquinas has had to go to Dwyer, though they've struggled against Dwyer when they've had to go to him. So it's right. You know, I think there's a situation right. here that you know, if St. Thomas Aquinas is going to have to play their best football, if they won't play their best football, and the thing is, is that you know, that's that Week 11 game between them and Keith Flanning is going to be telling. What are we going to expect out of Aquinas in the playoffs? Are we going to expect? If, Will if it be, or do you game? think there's a chance? Do you think there's a chance that uh, either or both of these teams sit important guys in that game that may be nursing an injury, fear of an injury? Well, the, yeah, see, that's the, always the problem with week eleven games. This is why this is why I feel like district games should go up to the 
to week 10 and, and, and find a different way to, to break ties and to not have to play this district tiebreaker because, you know, that, that's the main reason why we don't play district games a week 11 is well, we have to play these tiebreakers, so, you know, to figure out how to break a district tie. I mean, there's other ways to do it. And, you know, there's a good chance that both teams might just do that. But then again, you're yeah. gonna put, if you're going to put if you're going to put second string stringers in on both sides, it still could be drug out war. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, of course. You know, the 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 trash talking will certainly be there. But at the end of the day, one side or either side or the losing side could say, well, this one didn't play, that one didn't play, so on and so forth. And the oh, reason yeah. also why this might happen, along with your district position. Uh, already being locked up is neither one of these teams right now are in contention for a national title because they both have losses already. So uh, those are two factors there that might affect that final game, and that would be a tragedy because it's a matchup I think a lot of people want to see done at full strength, just to you know bragging rights or whatever oh, else you got going on. I, I think for the, I think for the national rankings, yeah, you know that it's got they've got to do it this way. That they got, they got. We need to play every. They need to play those guys. They need to really play all those guys to get to get the national rankings really, at this particular point. Mm-hmm. Because if mm-hmm. they, you yeah. know, if they don't play full strength at that thing, you know, that's going to question. You know, that's going to put. That's going to make. That's going to give them a few things in the in the box. You know, when it comes to dealing with you know those rankings, and my question is, is just well, you know what what are we going to expect? But, and and I think you know I think that's the reason why Flanagan didn't want to schedule a week 10 game it's because they want mm. to have their guys ready at full strength for that game that that's that, yeah, you know they they're not they're not that may be, that may indeed be the, the the case there let's show a little love uh for the West Broward football team uh hasn't done oh, much winning over the years oh, man what do you what do you put up what what do you say about that season they're doing now what where'd that come from I, that's what I want to know because I knew, you know, thing in the district, and I'm like, I'm like, yeah, you know, West Broward, yeah, probably, probably gonna make bottom of the district. I, I, mm-hmm. I had no idea this was gonna come. Even MacArthur, I'm like, I think everybody had Nova pendants as, as the, the potential district champion, and under, and, and I guess Hollywood Hills maybe being like the second team, and, uh, and, and mm-hmm. I mean, I have to go back and look at my own projections, but I know this was, this is totally way off than what I was thinking. Yeah, totally uh, and you and probably everyone else, including some people walking the hallways over there at West Broad. So I just want to make sure we mention that because oh, that yeah. is uh, oh, one of the big surprises mention, down here. Mitch and MacArthur, I, I mean, especially after 0-10 under Buster Davis last year, and I mean, all of a sudden here they are, but potentially talking playoff spot. Hey, between you and teams, I, Josh, really, teams. if you're a high if if you're a high school football coach here in the state of Florida, uh, I think what you want to do if you're looking for a job is you want to follow up Buster Davis. I mean, he's been everywhere. Uh, oh, you want no, to look good right, right no, off the bat. Follow that guy. Yeah. I mean, jump in right after him. You, you're going to get instant cred. Oh, I mean, I, I, but but even still, the, the fact that the team goes zero and ten and they can turn it around, you know, that it, it tells you something right there. It's not the, it's not the, your lack of players or lack of talent. And I think mm. it, maybe sometimes I have to say it: lack of coaching. I'm hopeful are not coaches because these coaches don't get paid enough in this state. But when you see when you start to, when you see it clearly that the talent is there, you know that's mm. the thing. Right, right. Four uh, A. Do you give Cardinal Gibbons any chance tonight against Hallandale? 
I mean, Cardinal gave nah. them, they played them last week, and uh, I'll tell you what they did. They yeah. ran that play clock down to one, two seconds every time. Totally slowed the game down uh, against us last week, us being American Heritage. Um, I, I'm pretty sure they're going to employ the same tactics tonight. You give them any chance against Hallandale. Well, considering only Hallandale only beat Bear Bar seven nothing, I don't know what to expect. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I know weather was a factor down there. Yeah, they're high pass offense, um, and you know the conditions didn't really help them there. But yeah, you're right. I mean, you know, who knows? I mean, this is Cardinal Gibbons' I mean, Super Bowl here. I mean, the fact that Cardinal Gibbons was to beat Hallandale, I, I think it, it makes next week's game. Between Hallandale and American Heritage, it's very, very, very interesting. I mean, like, literally, like, if American Heritage, you know, they, Hallandale loses this week and then American Heritage wins next week and beats Hallandale, that's two losses on Hallandale. Now you're talking a situation where you're talking a possible three-way tiebreaker maybe having to be involved in, you know, that, you know, that gives, that would give Hallandale, and, I mean, at least it would put Hallandale and, you know, Cardinal Kimmon until you know I'm actually pulling this up right now to look at it because mm. this is this would be interesting. I mean, I think it's it still at some particular point it gives it gives Coken it gives. Well, I say it gives Helen it would it would give Helen Cardinal it would give Coconut Creek still some chances of of, of playoff life. Uh, uh, you know, yeah, at least a shot of a tiebreaker at some particular point here. I mean, the fact that they're you know Gibbons Creek and Jackson are all sitting at you know. Well, Miami Jackson beat Strandingham last night, so they're you know two and two now. Mm. So basically, you're looking at it. Basically, you're looking at it. American Heritage wins tonight. Hallandale wins tonight. Then everyone else is eliminated in this district. Oh yeah, basically. that's pretty much it. They're done. You know, the, the playoff spots are sewn up for both for American Heritage and, and Hallandale. And Hallandale is even if they win by one. They've got the playoff spot sewn up, so they, you know. I think they're, the thing is, you just win tonight. Just win, right. and, you know. Yeah, you got to handle. As they say, you got to handle what's right there yeah. in front of you. Listen, you in four A, we talked. We talked Booker T. We talked Late Central. Uh, we talked a little Clewiston. We talked University School. Give Give us a sleeper in four A that could come in here and upset everything. Oh man! Considering that we've got several, I mean, in four A North actually looks a lot better this year, and in terms of the teams that could come out of this, and I really don't, I really don't want to pinpoint it to one sleeper because it could be a variety. I mean, I, I don't want, I don't want to say Bowles is a sleeper. Bowles is definitely mm-hmm. not a sleeper. So don't, don't, well, I, right. I would not say that. I mean, the thing, the thing that that would that would stop Bowles from getting the state title would be either. Say okay, because Reigns and Bowles will play next week, likely for their district title on District Two. You know, Reigns mm-hmm. wins that. Bowles has to go all the way on the road to the Panhandle out to Walton because Walton's already won their district. Walton's an undefeated team. I mean, mm-hmm. Walton has been a team that some people, that one even one newspaper reporter out in the Panhandle predicted, they saying they'll they'll run the table and win the state championship this year. Right. I, I right, mean, I think right. I think it might be a little far, but you know, there's still that chance. I think another, you know, a couple other teams I'm going to throw in from the north is Dunnellan and South Sumner. Dunnellan is on their best season since 2000. Is it like 2002 or 2003? 
2003 was when they got to the state semifinals before dropping out. And I remember Dunnellan very well because my high school had played Dunnellan in the second round. So the, you know, Yeah, and Picos has uh, Dunnellan winning by double digits over an annual uh, playoff participant in South Sumter. So um, that, that, that would speak that, to your that point. In, in, in that, that right there, and I think, you know, it's, that's going to be interesting because if Dunnellan wins, they clinch the district pretty much, you know, and South Sumter is going to have to wait see what what happened, you know, when they play their, you know, play next week. Yes, you know, I mean, at this particular point, you know, it's it, it's going to be coming down between South Sutton or Mount Dora at this particular point next week, and then mm-hmm. who knows what else is going to happen. I mean, it's literally, you know, it, it, this is what's fun about watching, you know, I think 4A is a better classification now because of the teams that are in it. Right. Uh, but, I, you know, and, and, and I would say I would say that, you know, the, the, the strongest classifications are probably, you know, I, I give it to, I, give, I hand it down to, to 6A, 4 I give it to 1A for the rural schools. I mean, mm-hmm. 8A still, I mean, 8A I throw up in the air just to ho- totally who's going to be in Orlando representing 8A because there's so many teams, that, there's so many un, unknowns right now that I can't pinpoint, I can't even say that Flanagan's going to make it to state because here you got Columbus It's just going to come down to, it's just going to come down to whose head is straight on on the particular Friday night that these games happen oh, because there's going to be very oh, few exactly. gimmies. Yeah, the mental you aspect's going to become right. big. Yeah, it's going to become big in this thing. Uh, let's slide to 3A, man. Who's your favorite there in in the 3A classification? Oh, Trinity Christian. Don't don't even don't don't even ask me who the favorite is changing each week. It's <laughs> not going to change because it's not it's not. I mean, they, they were. You know what? I, I said to someone last night. This was a bad year for the Tallahassee teams to get Trinity Christian. If Trinity mm. Christian goes out there, to, you know, okay. They played Gobby in Lincoln. They played the Gobby two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, had a district game. Went to Lincoln last night. What they do? Go out there and blow both of them out. Yeah, <laughs> isn't that something? I mean, it, it's literally it, it's something. But here, you know, here, here's the thing: Lincoln, who's a perennial playoff team as well in seven A. Oh yeah, no, this on the season. obviously six no slouches. Losses. Yeah, no, no slouches there, and they go out and punch them in the face. So that would yeah. certainly speak to their strength. Well, I'll tell you what, then. Who do you think is the favorite? Who's your favorite to come out of the South? I mean, I, 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 I thought it would be a rematch. That's a little bit more Heritage. of a trickier question there, right? It's a, it's a, no, you, no, you're absolutely right, because I thought it was American Heritage at the start, but, you know, Oxbridge beating American Heritage, but those two are likely to rematch in the in, – in the, um, you know, in, in the regional final, and you know, mm-hmm. you know, American Heritage can get revenge, but you got Clearwater Central Catholic that, hey, Trinity Christian played two years ago. Hey, they could be back. Right. You know, sitting back in Orlando. You know, I don't know. I'm not a buyer of Clearwater Central Catholic. Uh, for I, I, you know, it just yeah, it seems like they come up with a great team. They never really get challenged in that region that they're in. And then when some athletes show up to play them in the playoffs, yeah, I know they got. I know they. I know they got through. A couple of years ago, but by and large, man, they just aren't able to come up with the goods in those games when when the athletes step on the field. Oh, and, and you know, and uh, and I'll point, and I think I think another couple of teams I really want to throw in. I think another team we ought to really, you know, th- just to see what they might do. It might be Westminster Christian. You never know what they might do. I mean, oh, sure. In, in Sham- yeah. I mean. I mean, Shamanock could be they, the they, they are those they're, they're that kind of team that could come into the playoffs with a lot of momentum and ride a wave. They're that, they're that kind of team. They play a lot on emotion, so it wouldn't surprise me to see them knock off some people and end up in Orlando. That could happen, although it, it has escaped them. They've had better teams, uh, though they have a good oh, yeah, one this they've, year. They've had better teams. 
Yeah, and they they they've had they had one. I mean, they had a couple escape, and I think I think they they had that one escape when they played Clearwater Central Catholic a couple of years ago. And right. I believe it was the state semifinals, and they let that one escape, you know, and we're clear, that's why Clearwater Central Catholic got the state, and unless Mister Christian was sitting there watching it from home. No. Yeah, because I, you know, when I was at university school, that was a year we had left Class Three A, and we really felt like, well, Westminster would be the ones to jump in there and 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 be the representative, and they were going to go all the way. And then um, they, you know, they took the loss to Clearwater Central Catholic. Um, so, yeah, though that South really, I guess that's where all the um, where all the suspense is going to be. And then you know, when you have a representative from the South, can can anyone knock off? The juggernaut Trinity Christian, um, or do they, or does Trinity Christian fall victim to a lack of really intense football games up their way this year? I, I think they played. I think they played the ten, you know, intense, and you know, the closest game by far was was a, was a thirty-five twenty score against University Christian, which was a cross-town rival for them. And University Christian is, is a favorite in two A to win it all this year. I mean, yeah. so it kind of it kind of tells you that you know. Your your thirty five twenty game against your crosstown rival, and they're gonna if they end up winning state, you win state. Well, guess what? It's gonna look even better on you when 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 the final tabulation comes out. You yeah, know, that, no no doubt. Yeah, no, no doubt about that. Um, and so and, you know we'll have to we'll have to uh, we'll have to leave it at that. And you know, listen, we'll have oh, yeah. we'll have even greater storylines and uh, drama next week because uh, we're getting like I said closer to the end of this thing and. Uh, the playoff races or the potential tiebreakers uh, are starting to take shape. So we'll have to leave it at that, man. As always, appreciate you coming on and giving us the best of information on the state of Florida. Appreciate it, Chad. You have a good one. All right, you too. Enjoy the nice games. Enjoy the weekend. Joshua Wilson there from FloridaHSFootball.com. Yeah, look, we could talk high school football here in the state of Florida for for several hours. I mean, if I had a four-hour show, my segment here with Josh could go on for an hour. He uh, knows a lot of stuff there, uh, obviously follows all of these things quite closely. He could tell you who's headed for a potential you know, district tiebreaker, and that's from Panhandle all the way down to, you know, down to, to Key West. He has an idea, and uh, he has his finger on what's going on in every district and every region and every classification here in the state of Florida. Well, listen, once again, we've done it again. We've gotten you all ready for the weekend that lies ahead in both high school and college football, as well as NFL football. And you got to love that. So if you want to get ready for your weekend uh, of, of football action, there is no better place for you to go or to come to than the Football Friday show here on the Gridiron Stud Show, and I'm happy to uh, be bringing that to you. So the picks are in. In uh, college football, NFL football, and uh, I think we just talked about, uh, I wouldn't say everything because you could never, it's just not enough time to talk about the entire state of Florida in high school football. Big state there with eight classifications. But we touched on some of the bigger matchups and biggest uh, storylines that you have going on. And again, like I said, uh, appreciate being able to bring all that to you. And I want you to enjoy your weekend. It starts tonight with the high school football action, taking it over into Saturday and ending with uh, some good NFL matchups on Sunday. Until Monday, enjoy your weekend, and thank you for listening to the Gridiron Stud Show. To all you high school recruits out there, you want to get recruited by the colleges? Step up and visit 
BuzzBuzz.com today. We've got college coaches visiting. We've got people visiting. We've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. BuzzBuzz.com is where you need to be today. Visit now. Set 